This is Anthony Day with your Sustainable Futures Report. It's Friday the 13th of January, but don't worry, there isn't another Friday the 13th until October. And where will we be by then? Well, if you believe the followers of Guy McPherson, then we will be facing the apocalypse. But call me reckless, and I'm sure many of his followers would, I just don't think things will be quite as bad as that by then. There's no doubt that 2017 will be a challenging year, particularly on the political front. Everything we do depends on a political framework, so we can't ignore Brexit or Donald Trump or the lack of a credible opposition in the UK Parliament. But before I get on my hobby horse, let's look at some things that I've picked up on the sustainability front this week. You've heard of carbon capture and storage, and you've probably heard that no one has yet made it work on a commercial scale. But have you heard of carbon capture and utilisation? Maybe that's the future. If you want to get away from it all, how about a VW camper? Yes, I know they stopped making them in 2013, but they've just brought a new one out. Looks the same, but very different. Could be just what you've been waiting for, Clive. There's good news from Swansea Bay, and I'll talk about the Green Investment Bank, which may not be green, or a bank, for much longer. I'll admit that I've given in to temptation and written to the local paper. I'll tell you why and what I said. And if you want to save energy and be warmer at home, you should have listened to me on talk radio on New Year's Eve. Missed it? Don't worry, here's your second chance. I was talking to Martin Roberts. Home Rule with Martin Roberts. Listening required on Talk Radio. Good afternoon from a slightly drafty studio halfway up a tree in the West Country. Yes, it's Martin Roberts here broadcasting to you from my treehouse. The A to Z of property with Martin Roberts. This week... This week, the letter is the letter E, and E in this case stands for environmentally friendly. Joining me now to talk about everything you can do in your current property, the one you live in, or perhaps if you're planning to build from scratch, for instance, is Anthony Day, environmental consultant and presenter of the Sustainable Futures Report. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, or, or, or afternoon. Or afternoon. Yeah, well, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or anywhere else, yes, exactly. Anthony, you sound like just the sort of man we need to talk to. What is the Sustainable Futures Report? Well, it's a very wide-ranging podcast which comes out every week, and it talks about energy, and it talks about climate change, and it talks about uh, politics sometimes when I have a bee in my bonnet, but mainly about environmental politics. And, um, yeah, all that sort of thing. And, and where is it? Tell us, it's on, it's on the web at... Is it sus- uh, Susbiz.biz, S-U- S-B-I-Z dot B-I-Z. Right, brilliant. And that's everything to do with sustainable futures. So, obviously, you're on the man to talk about this. So, the, you know, a lot of people perhaps a little bit jaded about the idea of being environmentally friendly, but it's so important. And, you know, I, I just, um, just little campaigns which occur, which make massive differences, like one that I'll just focus on for a second. The Daily Mail did this whole thing about plastic bags, you know, and mm-hmm. suddenly plastic bags cost 5p. Nobody's using them. We're seeing a dramatic um, uh, increase in, uh, in, in in marine sort of safety and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. 
it's little things that can make a huge difference. And, 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 and are there similar things we can do when it comes to our homes? Yes, I think there are. I mean, you can spend a lot of money, but you can also get started for not much. Now, you said E for environmental. I'd say E for energy, because if you save energy, then it's environmentally friendly because using less energy generally means less uh, carbon pollution and that sort of thing. And using less energy means um, spending less money. And we're all interested in that, aren't we? Without a doubt. And, 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 and is the one of the – well, let's, let's go through some of the basics because, you know, we, 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 we think we know them. But let's just remind ourselves what some of the basic, basic things you can do to save energy in your home. Right, well, let me give you my top tip for 2017, and that is to change the head on your shower oh. and to change it for an aerated shower head. Now, the reason you do this is the, it mixes in air with the water and actually makes it feel a bit like a power shower. It means you use less water. It means you pay to heat less water. Uh, and uh, as it happens, the, the mixture of air and water sticks to your skin more than just plain water. So you could argue it works better. Um, now, an aerated shower head is going to cost you less than £20. And for a family of four, it could save you £80 a year on heating water. Wow. But because more and more of us, and all of us in due course, are on water meters, it could save you £120 on water. So, you know, I reckon that's a, that's a pretty good quick win. That's brilliant. And that's definitely one that uh, I didn't see coming. So an aerated shower head. And are they generally available? If I go yeah, to B&Q I mean, or Wix or whatever? Stacks of them. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I was, I was... Uh, don't go for the cheapest because they, they might clog up and then they wouldn't work and you've lost all the benefit. So shop around. Okay. So, so let's move on to some oldies but goldies when it comes to uh, uh, saving energy. Yeah. Uh, well, um, draft strips, you know, putting these uh, adhesive foam strips around your doors, around your windows, because you may have done it, but they, they get compressed over time and they, they, they dry up and fall off. So have a look at your draft seals, and because cold air pouring into your house has to be heated and uh, it's costing you money. And don't forget your letterbox. You can get these sort of brush things which um, uh, cover the inside of your letterbox to stop air coming in. Um, and, um, you know, that'll save you money as well. But uh, staying on the heating side, I would recommend that you look for a programmable thermostat. Ooh. You know what I mean by that? Um, no. Okay, well... Um, a lot of houses have got a thermostat in the, in the hall, um, and you come down in the morning and you turn it up, and uh, you, uh, at night you, you turn it down again, and maybe you've got some sort of time clock on the boiler. Yeah. But if you have a programmable thermostat, then it, uh, typically it has a different pattern for weekdays and weekends, because you'd probably want to heat the house differently at weekends, especially if you're out all day during the week. Um, and so you can set it up six different time zones, different temperatures at different times of the day. Wow. <laughs> so a lot of people say, oh, um, I keep the heating on all the time because it takes such an awful long time to uh, bring the house up to heat when I get in. It's cold when I get back. Well, if you've got a pro programmable thermostat, then it can be sure that it does actually uh, turn the heating on just before you get in. I know you can do that with a time switch, but uh, the, the other clever thing it can do is if you're going away on holiday, you can say to it, turn off for the next 14 or whatever days and turn on the day before I get back. So you come back to a warm house. Wow. That's... Uh, programmable thermostat will cost you less than 50 quid. 
sounds like a brilliant thing, actually. That's a straight swap for your existing thermostat. Just swap it over. Fantastic. Obviously, fitting, uh, you probably can't fit it. Well, you may or may not be able to fit it yourself, so you've got to factor in fitting costs. But I, I think that's a, that's a saver as well. Now, the government did have a campaign, which I think wasn't promoted as much as it should have been, or promoted in the wrong way, where they were offering free insulation, weren't they? Loft insulation and stuff like that. The government's uh, had a number of campaigns, yes. Uh, they certainly were offering free insulation. I suspect I think that it's with um, council cuts, it's it's disappeared. But it's not. It's it's worth contacting your local council and asking if they if they do provide uh, loft insulation because I had my loft done for nothing. So, because there was no there was no catch to that. I think people thought there must be some kind of a catch, no, but there no. literally wasn't. I don't no. know, I don't know where the money came from. I don't know why there was the initiative. Other than you know, let's let's make us all environmentally friendly. It's probably an EU directive. I don't know, but it, it literally was. We'll send a person. They will come along and they will insulate your loft for free. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think insulation and and reducing wasted energy is a big missed opportunity. And when you think about it, we burn coal in our power stations, most of which comes from Russia. We burn gas in our homes and our power stations, an awful lot of which comes in ships from the Middle East. Um, We use electricity, uh, some of which we actually import from France uh, by cables under the channel. Uh, the more we can save, the less we are going to be dependent on these people in foreign countries uh, who have their wars and their disputes and, and things like that. Right, so another good reason to be environmentally friendly. So let, we've talked about our house a little bit. Um, what about new builds? Because um, I'm certainly very into the world of new build at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, uh, there are some fantastic new initiatives aren't there in terms of if you if you're looking starting from scratch there's all sorts of things you can do aren't there oh yes yes um i expect you've come across the passive house standard have you uh not specifically but do tell okay all right for anybody who wants to look look it up on google it's uh H-A-U-S. It's uh, German originally. So the passive house standard is what you could call ultra-insulation. The house is insulated to the extent that it doesn't have a central heating system. Some of these houses will um, run on an electric towel rail, and that will keep the whole house to uh, an acceptable temperature because it is so well insulated. It also has a a ventilation system because if you're that well insulated, you might suffocate. But uh, it's got a ventilation system which draws in air from outside and you think, oh, God, I'll just call it down, won't it? Actually, it's a heat exchanger, so it draws in the cool air and it heats up that air from the waste air going out. And you literally can have houses which cost as little as £25 a year to heat. Good grief. And is that using things like ground source heat pumps and, and all that? No, probably not. This is just no, purely no, it's on insulation. It's the heat from your bodies. It's the heat from cooking uh, and the heat from your towel rail. Uh, your heat from your from your your fridge and your freezer because of course they chuck out heat at the back. If you ever put your hand around the back, uh, all the heat that they've sucked out of the the chilling cabinet they they've pushed out of the back. So those t- together and the lights, of course, although probably less with LEDs these days, but uh, all of that is enough to to keep the house at a reasonable temperature. Wow, that's extraordinary. Um, and I'm talking about when wonderful ball is there, but most of us probably do live don't have the opportunity of, of, of starting no. from scratch. Most of us do have a boiler now. What, what we might not be aware is that boiler technology has come on leaps and bounds mm-hmm. in the last five years or so, hasn't it? It has, yes. So if yes. you've got a, a, a 10-year-old boiler or, or a 15-year-old boiler or, or more often than not a 20-year-old boiler, it is way out of date. But, but quantify it. I mean, what difference does it make? So it's an old boiler. 
Ah, now you put me on the spot to give you some exact figures. Well, no, um, no, no, just generally. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. It's not like, well, I know that they're 13.7% more efficient. It doesn't matter. The general concept, they've well, changed something. they're much more efficient. They, right, so you're talking about a condensing boiler rather than the traditional boiler, which heats up, sends water up into a tank up into your airing cupboard and heats up that water in the tank um, every now and again. And, uh, of course, as the water goes along the pipes from the boiler, you're losing heat and so on and so on. Um, a condensing boiler gives you hot water on demand, and you can run the tap as long as you like, and it'll be hot all the time. There's no tank in the roof or in the airing cupboard to run out. Um, but equally, if you don't want hot water, it's not doing any work at all, so you're saving energy there. And um, so the, and the same applies as far as um, heating is concerned. It's, it, it responds to demand. It doesn't uh, sit there... Um, Doing cycling. what it's supposed to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a combination boiler, and I think um, then the, the, the condensing boiler, yeah, yeah, a condensing boiler then takes it to a different level. So there's yeah. there's things we can do, and and what can we take from the the things that have been introduced to new houses and new house builds and maybe retrofit it? So, and you come up with some two great things there with the programmable thermostat and the aerated yeah. showerhead. Anything else that you've seen that's really got you excited? Well, double glazing, of course, is a, a perennial favourite, and double glazing is expensive. You're going to get uh, um, it'll take quite a long time to pay back. I would say if your windows are falling out, then, well, you'll probably be required to replace them with double-glazed units unless you're in a conservation area or something. Um, but always put in uh, double-glazed units when you when you have to replace a window. If you go through the whole house and replace everything, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And you will get your money back, but it will take quite a while. Because you've got to remember that however much you shop around, Energy prices are going up, and they're going to go up and up for all sorts of reasons. I mean, we've seen the oil price go up, mm-hmm. and the, the gas price goes up in parallel with that. We buy energy from abroad, as I said. It's, it's priced in dollars. Uh, since Brexit, the pound has dropped by 20%, which means dollars are more expensive, which means energy is more expensive. People will say, well, why hasn't it gone up? Ah, well, that's because energy companies buy in advance. But watch out for next winter, because they bought in advance at old prices for this winter. By next winter, all those um, price increases will be feed, feeding through. Right, so even more reason to, to take on some of the uh, things you're suggesting. So uh, on your uh, website then, susbiz, biz, lots more information and suggestions of what people can do. I was talking to Martin Roberts on Talk Radio. More on energy. This week sees the publication of a report which recommends that the government should go ahead with the development of the tidal lagoon in Swansea Bay. This is excellent news because when the report was set up, it was seen as a device to kick the project into the long grass where it would lie and be forgotten. I reported on Swansea Bay back in November. Tidal lagoon power plans to build a barrier across Swansea Bay in South Wales to hold back the tide and release the water through turbines to generate electricity. Predictable power twice a day, no carbon emissions and no fuel costs. The government made the construction of the Swansea Bay Lagoon a manifesto commitment at the last election. The project will cost 1.3 billion, most of it spent in Wales and the rest of the UK. That's less than a tenth of the cost of Hinkley C, the planned nuclear power station just across the Bristol Channel. 
The output would of course be very much lower than Hinkley C, which is planned to produce 8% of the nation's electricity. However, with similar lagoons at Cardiff and Newport and in Cumbria and Somerset, the total output could be the same. The cost of construction would be significantly lower. There would be no emissions, no hazardous waste to dispose of, and the life of the plant would be very much longer. The key obstruction to progress seemed to be the negotiation of the strike price. This is the guaranteed price for the electricity produced by the scheme. Initially, it was estimated at £168 per megawatt, which is very much higher than the figure of £90 agreed for Hinkley C, which itself is at least twice the current wholesale price. However, the report takes into account the longer life of Swansea Bay, around 120 years, which cuts the figure to a comparable £89. A spokesman for Tidal Lagoon Power told the BBC's File on Four programme that building the Cardiff Bay Tidal Lagoon as well could bring the cost down to £60. Of course, subsidies would be involved, estimated at 30 pence on a bill, but what price energy security? Let's hope the government acts on the report. Yes, I've been writing to the local paper. There are some people with very fixed opinions who write every week, and I bite my tongue because I often disagree. Anyway, I picked up my pen last month, and this is what I said. Dear Editor, We learn from Philip Rowe's letter that it is a fact that global warming has little to do with man or his flatulent cows. Could he perhaps share his evidence for this fact? Mr Rowe came straight back. Anthony Day asks me to share my evidence that man has little to do with global warming. Even the most ardent tree-huggers have got to admit that planet Earth is pretty huge. Man's gas input, carbon dioxide to methane, from road vehicles to flatulent cattle, affecting the climate of this planet is of no real consequence. In all probability, the Earth is getting warmer, but this is purely cyclic. Britain, in the Carboniferous period, was tropical, yet there was no man around to affect that climate. Ice ages have come and gone over the last two and a half million years. Cyclic changes which happen about every 100,000 years. CO2, carbon dioxide, allegedly produced by man, is being blamed as the main cause of global warming. But what about volcanoes, Mr Day? Many volcanoes, both on the surface and subsea, pour thousands of tonnes of CO2 into the atmosphere day in, day out. Man-made and naturally occurring CO2 have little to do with the Earth's climate. The Greens would love to say we are the cause of climate change. Climate change is a cyclic and man can do nothing to alter that fact. I felt he'd been misinformed, so I sent off a report. Philip Rowe is mistaken in thinking that our contributions to methane emissions are negligible. In fact, human activity, including agriculture and flatulent cows, produces 55% of the 558 million annual tonnes of this highly potent greenhouse gas. He is right in saying that volcanoes emit tonnes of carbon dioxide day in, day out, but their 200 million tonnes are equal to less than 1% of the 24 billion tonnes emitted by human activity. 
While climate change is cyclical over the very long term, it is clear that we are accelerating that dangerous cycle. Recognising the urgency of the situation, some 195 nations, including the US, the UK and China, have made a commitment to radically cut emissions of greenhouse gases as soon as possible. The good news is that efficient use of energy reduces emissions, so a well-insulated home and a high MPG car will save you money and help save the planet as well. And Dutch scientists are developing a special grass which stops cows from burping as much methane. Mr Rowe hasn't come back on this. He's turned his attention to letters urging the government to get on with Brexit just as quickly as possible. But then we heard from Alan Robinson. I'm grateful to Mr Day for correcting Philip Rowe's untenable assertion that mankind's contribution to greenhouse gases is insignificant. But Anthony only got it nearly right. He described cows first as flatulent and later as burping. It may come as a bit of a surprise, but in fact methane emissions from ruminants arise mostly from fermentation of the cud before it enters the true stomach. The gas emerges from the front end, not the rear. So burping is correct. Sadly, it also means putting gas bags on bovine bottoms isn't much use. Eating kangaroo is better because kangaroo burps are far less methane-laden. So that's me told. Actually, I did know it was burping and not flatulence that caused the methane, as careful listeners to the Sustainable Futures report will well know. Didn't know about the kangaroos, though. So that's methane. What about carbon dioxide? Tutikorin alkali chemicals in India, which runs a conventional power plant, plans to turn 60,000 tonnes of CO2 a year into soda ash, or baking powder. It will do this using a new technology which captures the emissions from the plant boiler's chimney and mixes them with rock salt to make soda ash, a chemical that forms a key ingredient in glass, sweeteners, detergents and paper products, as well as food. The firm's managing director, Ramachandran Gopalan, told BBC Radio 4, I am a businessman. I never thought about saving the planet. I needed a reliable stream of CO2, and this was the best way of getting it. The company states that the plant is now running with virtually no emissions seeping into air or water. Globally, the technique could be used to absorb 5 to 10% of man-made CO2 emissions. The method has been developed by two chemists from India, who set up a company called Carbon Clean, which is now based in Paddington in London. They relocated there from the Indian Institute of Technology in Karagpur after failing to find finance in India, but later secured £3.6 million from the UK government. Imperial College London and Leeds and Sheffield Universities helped Carbon Clean develop the technology. Nice to hear that the UK government is supporting at least some green initiatives. Read more at inews.co.uk. And Roger Harabin, who is the BBC's environmental correspondent, presented Climate Change, the Trump card, on BBC Radio 4 on the 3rd of January. And you can find that on BBC Radio iPlayer. In the episode, he also talks about the environment post-Trump, and about the biggest solar farm in the world. 
Now, Volkswagen has revealed a new camper van concept, the ID Buzz, at the North American International Auto Show in Detroit. Looks a bit like the iconic VW microbus made famous by the 1960s hippie movement, but it boasts eight seats and an all-electric drivetrain with a range of 600 kilometres or 370 miles. The ID Buzz has full integration with futuristic self-driving technology. The steering wheel is only needed some of the time. With a gentle push, it retracts back into the dash, allowing the car's occupants to chat amongst themselves. It's quoted 0 to 62 miles an hour time is 5 seconds, and it has a limited top speed of 160 kilometres, just shy of 100 miles an hour. 0 to 60 in 5 seconds? That's not a hippie car. There's some discussion over whether VW will ever put the ID Buzz into production. In any case, it's not expected to hit the road before 2020 at the earliest. Nevertheless, like other manufacturers, VW has announced that it will be involved in setting up a network of charging points to make electric driving convenient, and it has many other electric vehicles under development. A logical move, given that the outlook for the diesel market is extremely black. VW is also reported to be developing a self-drive taxi fleet to rival Uber. The eight-seater ID Buzz could be the vehicle of choice. Do you remember the Green Investment Bank? It was set up by the UK's coalition government to support new emerging and green technologies. And according to a report in the Guardian newspaper, it's been quite successful with projected returns of around 10%. Of course, the whole green idea was completely unattractive to former Chancellor George Osborne, who took the opportunity to change the bank's constitution so that it could invest in a much wider range of projects. The next stage would be to sell the whole thing off. And Theresa May's government planned to do just that. The rumour is that the buyer is Macquarie, an Australian investment group which, until recently at least, had a major stake in Thames Water. Based on their past record, what they could do is simply buy the bank, sell off all its investments and close it down. Macquarie could then invest the proceeds elsewhere with no guarantee that this would be in the UK or in green technology. Hence my earlier comment that it would no longer be green or a bank. As I write this, I learn that Caroline Lucas, the Green MP, has forced a debate in Parliament claiming that Macquarie has a dismal and terrible environmental record and also has an appalling track record of asset stripping. MPs of all parties have raised concerns over the sale, but the government has refused to comment in detail or even to identify the bidder, saying that the whole thing is commercially sensitive. Watch this space. We'll wait and see. And finally, who is that Guy McPherson I mentioned at the start of all this? Well, go to Guy McPherson. Com. That's G-U-Y-M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N.com and you'll find out all about him. I wouldn't bother if I were you. It's too depressing. Guy is an American academic who predicts near-term human extinction. That's well within the next 10 years for the end of the human race. It's hardly surprising that there's a headline on his home page which asks, Contemplating Suicide? I don't want to be flippant about this, 
and there's no doubt that humanity is taking exceptional liberties with the planet, and we urgently need to do more about it. But 2017 can't be that bad. And, if you'll forgive another cliché, while there's life, there's hope. Still, no time to sit around and wait for things to happen. Many a mickle max a muckle. Get that aerated showerhead on your shopping list for Saturday, and check whether your local council is still doing free loft insulation. And a new boiler will really save you money if you haven't got a condensing one already. That's it for this week. I'll be back next week with another Sustainable Futures Report. I'm Anthony Day. Thanks for your comments, ideas and suggestions. I'm always ready for more. Just send them to mail at anthony-day.com Till next time.